welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. Um, I want to talk to you today about an invitation that is worth exploring, an offer you can't refuse. We are a little bit skeptical when it comes to offers that we can't refuse. I think we're used to having lots and lots of offers thrown our way on a daily basis, whether that's kind of scam emails in our email boxes or advertising that promises us the world but fails to deliver, or just perhaps even uh, the sort of messages we send ourselves. And we're so suspicious of any offer that looks too good to be true. Have you ever been scammed before? I'm sure in a group this size, there will be people who will have some epic stories. Perhaps if you're watching online, feel free to type in the comments your biggest and most dramatic scam story. I think that'd be good. And we won't have a, we won't have a group sharing session now. I think that might be a little bit inappropriate. But what's the biggest scam you've ever been on the receiving end of? For me, I have to go back to the late 90s. I was about 12 years old. I was on holiday, Skegness, Butlins. We were going out for the day. We'd left the compound. I mean, Butlins. We were in the market of Skegness. Indoor market, you know, covered market. You know the type. Grocers, bakers, butchers, candlestick makers, all that kind of stuff in one place. And in the midst of the indoor market is a man. Small stage. Probably a little stool. About 50 people gathered around him. I'm, I'm sort of 12. I'm thinking, what's going on? My mom's given me a bit of money. You know what it's like holiday money, don't spend it all at once. So I've got a little bit of money. I'm looking to buy something in the indoor market. There's a man there doing his little sales pitch. He's got a camera. Now, it's before the days of digital cameras, nothing like we have here that you lovely people online are watching right now. Very basic film camera, Kodak. But nonetheless, at the time, best camera available. I mean, it looked amazing. All the bells, all the whistles. Not only was it a camera that was on offer at a rock bottom price, it was supposed to be 150, it was only 25 pounds, best camera, also came with tripod and a metallic case. And I thought to myself, well, I'll be the envy of all my friends if I manage to snap up this camera, case, and tripod all in one go. So, had to beg, steal, and borrow from my cousins, but nonetheless managed to gather together the 25 pounds. When the man gave the kind of sales pitch, at the end he said, who wants one of these cameras? I've only got, you know, limited supply, so get in there quickly. And somebody put their hand up immediately and went forward and got one. And looking back, that person was quite obviously a plant and was part of the whole scam. And then I, as a young, naive 12-year-old, put my hand up as well and went forward and exchanged my 25 pounds for this case. And I remember getting it and just immediately feeling that sense of disappointment as I realized that wasn't the case you had on the stage. And then opening it up and thinking, this camera is the worst camera, which this brand, this isn't Kodak, this isn't even a brand of, this is the absolute worst camera, must have been worth about three pounds, very flimsy tripod as well. And before I had chance to really come to my senses and realized I'd been scammed, the guy had gone off he left, probably gone to some other indoor market in Mablethorpe or some other town in Lincolnshire to con a whole bunch of other 12-year-olds. And it was that sinking feeling when you had such high hopes 
And it sounded like an offer too good to be true. And lo and behold, it was. All that is to say, we are skeptical of offers from external sources that appear too good to be true. Now, that's hard for us as Christians because we have the biggest offer that sounds far too good to be true to make to the world. The offer is of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I think if you've been in church for a while, we sometimes forget how strange the Christian message sounds. The invitation that we make to people is literally, God has come to earth in human form as the person of his son. Did that, you can have eternal life. Now, for us, if you've been in church for a while, that sounds plausible. That's probably what you live your life by. But we need to remember for most people living in this post Christian context, that sounds odd and a bit weird. So, actually, when many of us come to church, and you might be sat there today thinking, that does, does sound a bit odd. But what I want us to do today, what I want to say to you is that not only is it plausible that God came to earth in human flesh, laid down his life on the cross, and you can have a relationship with God, not only is that plausible, it's at very least worth exploring. It's worth everything you have to explore that claim. And if I was to summarize the the offer of the Christian faith, I would turn to this passage I'm about to read. Just before we jump into it, tiny bit of context. Jesus is talking to a group of people called Pharisees. They're like the religious dudes, super religious people, very, very strict, follow all the laws, the letter of the law perfectly, and Jesus is talking to them. Jesus uses a little analogy to explain this offer. That he extends to people. And he talks about himself as a shepherd and the people who follow him as, as like the sheep who follow the shepherd. Now, that was incredibly controversial. Why? Because in the Old Testament, God is regularly referred to as a shepherd. God is the shepherd of the sheep. And Jesus comes along and says, Do you know how like God is the shepherd? Yet I'm the shepherd. So it is incredibly controversial. So that's the backdrop of the passage we're about to read in John chapter 10, verse 1. And listen carefully, because for me, if I was to say to somebody, you know, if somebody said to me, what's the claim of the Christian faith? I would say, let's look at John 10 and see what Jesus offers each of us, offers you today. John 10 verse 1, very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he is brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. 
Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In summary, Jesus is saying that he is the way to life. And in that passage, and we could go into it in great depth, though we won't, he talks about how what he offers is safety and salvation and protection. And then the pinnacle of the whole passage, he says, I offer you life in all its fullness. Life to the full. But what does that mean? There are three words in the New Testament for life. Number one, bios is where we get the word biology from, and it means physical life. The second word is the word psych, and it's where we get the word psychology from, and it talks about the mind and the soul and the spirit. The third word is zoe, and the word zoe is being used in this passage. And it's an important word because it's not just talking about physical life. It's not just talking about our mental life. It's talking about the divine life. It's talking about the life that God possesses. And Jesus is saying, not only does God possess it, but he offers it. An invitation. He offers you life to the full, which blows all of our stereotypes of Christianity out of the water. Most of us here grew up in a post-Christian world where we're at least vaguely familiar with the claims of Christianity, and we're massively influenced, as we'll see in a minute, massively influenced by the Christian story. So often we can miss how radical a claim this is. Jesus is offering us life, the divine life of God that goes on for eternity. But the problem is we are so easily pleased and we miss what is on offer. A few years back, I did a placement in Dallas, Texas, which was, which was really cool. We flew all the kids out there and uh, we went when we were in Dallas to this huge, massive theme park. It was great, absolutely huge. You had like epic rides, massive, you know, Americans do everything like bigger, don't they? So like I thought about Orton Towers and then like it was 10 times bigger. Every ride was bigger. All the hot dogs were bigger, you know, everything was bigger. And um, we got there, we paid the sort of, you know, the, the fee to get into the theme park. But then the children kind of come across, the first thing they come across is like a very boring fountain, standard fountain, you know, probably have them in Preston and other places. And we had to really fight quite hard to drag them away from the fountain. Like they were there for half an hour playing in this very boring fountain. So they were just wrapped up in it. And I think sometimes that's, that's a little bit of an analogy of what we can be like in life. There is so much offered to us in Jesus. Like Jesus offers us life to the full. Like on, in that theme park, there was like just the best rides, the best time, the best food, the best experience. Yet the kids was, were, were content to settle for the fountain. And for us, I think it's the same. So much is on offer to us, but for whatever reason, 
we fail to see it. We fail to see it and grasp it because we're content with the fountain. We're content with the things of this world because they give us temporary satisfaction but not long-term satisfaction. That only comes when we receive the life of Jesus. And there are moments we get a taste of it. You might have moments when you just feel alive, fully alive. Might be just when you're out on a walk up on Beacon Fell or out on the beach, living in St. Anne's or something like that or somewhere else, and you just feel alive. And there are also times out there in life when we just feel the brokenness of our world. I think COVID essentially has held up a big mirror to all of us in our society, and we see actually how broken our world is, how fragile we are. We're confronted with our own mortality and brokenness. And I want to say this morning that there's never been a better time to continue the adventure, to continue exploring. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are never done exploring the depths of who he is. And I would just encourage you to continue that journey of exploration. If you're sat here as you, maybe you've been brought up in a Christian home or you find yourself kind of perhaps on the edge of, of the church or you think, you know, what's this Christianity thing all about? I want to say to you that there are so many compelling reasons to at very least give this your time, this, explore, this journey of exploration your, your time. And for all of us, I think there are four reasons for us to explore. Number one, Jesus's impact on the world. There's a guy called Tom Holland in 2019, last year, he wrote a book called Dominion. It's been very well received. Tom Holland is a super genius. He's a historian, lectured at Cambridge and Oxford, and um, but was brought up as an atheist. He was once famously quoted as saying, I have seen no evidence that would satisfy me that anything supernatural exists. I have seen no proof for God. But in his historical studies, as he investigated the impact of Jesus on the Western world, he changed his mind. And in 2016, he famously wrote uh, an article entitled, Why I Was Wrong About Christianity. And he said in the article this, familiarity with the biblical narrative of the crucifixion has dulled our sense of just how completely novel a deity Christ was. Christianity is the principal reason why, by and large, most of us who live in a post-Christian society still take for granted that it is nobler to suffer than to inflict suffering. It is why we generally assume that every human life is of equal value. In my morals and ethics, I have learned to accept that I am not Greek or Roman at all, but thoroughly and proudly Christian. The thing I pick up from this is it was the impact of Jesus on society, in in the world that we live in, that compelled him. And, And I want to say that that is a reason to explore That is a reason to explore because Jesus had such an effect upon the West. We cannot get away from it. 
I was down at Great Ormond Street on Wednesday with our little boy, Max. He's got a, a birthmark here, and we periodically have to go to Great Ormond Street, which is a, a children's hospital, just to have some, some treatment so it doesn't kind of flare up in, in later life. But when, when I was looking into, just sort of Googled it as I was preparing this talk, because I just had a hunch that the person who set up this hospital must have been a Christian. Why? Because all of our hospitals were pretty much set up by Christians and like schools and educations. And lo and behold, Great Ormond Street, there's a guy called Charles West who in the 1800s, motivated by his faith in Jesus, set up this hospital. He lived in a time when 10,000, no, sorry, 21,000 children under 10 years old died every year in London, and the burden fell disproportionately on the poor. And motivated by his Christian faith, he set up this hospital. That's a story of our country. It's a story of Europe. It's a story of the West. People motivated by Jesus serving the world. And I want to say that that is a reason to explore. Even if you're skeptical about Christianity. Even if you've had a bad experience of Christianity. Even if you've never really thought, what does Christianity have to offer me? The impact of Jesus on the Western world is absolutely unmatched and is a reason to explore. Number two. So number one, Jesus has changed the world. Number two, Jesus changes people. That was definitely my story. I didn't grow up going to church at all. I became a Christian when I was 18 in West Yorkshire in a little church. And I remember the weirdness of going along to church for the first time. If if you're new to church, you know exactly what I mean. Churches can be a bit weird. I don't think we're weird, but maybe we are. But anyway, I went along to a great church. It wasn't that weird, but everybody met like in a horseshoe. And I remember being there for the first time. I was sort of, sort of stood here. Everybody's in like a, a horseshoe shape. Uh, and the screen is like over to this side. So instinctively, when the service starts, everybody naturally just like turned to face the screen. But what it looked like for me was everybody was, was turning to face me. And I was like, what is this weird cult? I'm sort of waving at everybody, thinking it's some kind of like, you know, induction ceremony, you know, until like somebody just grabbed me by the shoulder and sort of turned me around. I was like, oh, you're all looking at that. You're not looking at me. Thank goodness for that. And it, but what struck me was going to church, Jesus Changes People, was a group of people, particularly my own age, who lived totally different to the way I was living. They, they lived in obedience to Jesus. They had a radical relationship with him. They'd go to the pub after the service, but they didn't get drunk. They would just talk about the, 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 you know, the, the talk and the service. They'd talk about the things of life. And it struck me on a really deep and profound level that actually there was something more to life. And it might be the same for you. You may have Christian friends and you see their faith in Jesus. And you see that there's something attractive about it. Well, let me tell you, that is a reason to explore. Reasons to explore Jesus' impact on the world. Jesus changes, Jesus changes people. Number three, Jesus' claims are backed. Again, if you're new to church, you may think that Jesus is some kind of fairy tale myth. That's definitely what I thought. There's some kind of like Peter Pan, you know, kind of 
uh, Aladdin and, you know, the story about Jesus as well was one of those sort of famous uh, mythical stories. But what I found out was actually the claims of Jesus are incredibly well documented and backed up. And the impact is far-reaching. I had no idea that the New Testament was a credible document. But the New Testament really, in terms of ancient literature, stands alone in its accuracy. Like there's a real breadth of manuscripts in different languages. And almost 99.9% of the time, they tally with one another. There's a consistency to them. And the documentation is very close to the events that were being described. That's good news when it comes to judging how accurate an ancient document is. And the New Testament really, even in people who are experts in this field, comment on how the New Testament stands in a unique position, in its accuracy, in the breadth of the documents, in their closeness to the events being described. And then there's the resurrection. This is, again, something we discover in Alpha. The resurrection is not just a fairy tale or wishful thinking. There is credible evidence to say that Jesus rose from the dead. And if that happened, what are the implications for us? They're huge. Another reason to explore Jesus' claims are backed by evidence. And then finally, number four, fourth reason to explore Dr. Pepper. What's the worst that could happen? You may, you may remember that advert. You may not. There was an advert in the 90s. Dr. Pepper, what's the worst that could happen? There was like a, a jingle as well. I won't sing it. But it was a great advert. And it's true. But that, that's true about Christianity. Like it, as, as if Jesus' impact on the world wasn't enough. As if Jesus' impact in your friends and family's life isn't enough. As if the evidence that's presented isn't enough. What's the worst that could happen? So I want to extend an opportunity for you this week to, to explore the claims of the Christian faith. And I want to say, what's the worst that could happen? Exploration is good. Curiosity is good. We are made to ask questions. And just asking Alexa and Siri doesn't really cut it. We're made to ask questions and ponder these big things. And we all ask these questions in our hearts. You all have that weird experience where you're like, I'm like here, I'm alive. Like, how did that happen? And is God really real? Is it all just random? Is there a purpose, a point to my life? We all ask those questions deep down. Well, hey, why don't we on Wednesday night get together and continue to explore those big questions? I'd encourage you, whether you're new to faith or whether you've never done Alpha at Preston Mints before, you are invited here at the Minster and online to join us. We are going on an adventure. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.